the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed. And welcome to The Authority at 7 minutes after the hour of 8 o'clock on a Friday, a free-for-all Friday, and we're off and running. 25th morning of the sixth month of the year of our Lord, 2021, and we are loaded for bear today. Coming up on the program in about a half an hour, excuse me, we are going to be talking with uh, our good friend Christina Hagan, as we do each and every Friday, a little bit early. Normally, she's on at 1035 today at 935 to accommodate her schedule. We're going to talk about a host of issues at 1010. You're going to want to listen to Jim Simpson. Um, top of hour number two, we're going to get an education on Karl Marx. And you say, oh, my God, I don't want to do world history. I did it in high school. You need to learn about Karl Marx and all of his henchmen who essentially invented and started communism um, and its many forms that it has taken over the course of the centuries, really. Um, Jim has a new book out that is just simply an educational experience you're going to need to have. If you really want to recognize what's going on in our own country and the threats and the dangers that we face, you're going to want to listen to this interview and you're going to want to read this book. It's short. It's an easy read. It's about 150 pages. It's an easy read, but it's filled with information. You're going to learn about it coming up at 1010. Then at 1035 uh, this morning, <clears throat> Jack Windsor is going to be back with us. I normally talk to Jack once a week, roughly, but I'm having him on a second time this week because of something that happened uh, at the governor's press conference. Jack Windsor was intentionally skipped over by the governor and his team as they were answering press questions on the Zoom call. Uh, he was next in line. He submitted his question, and when they skipped right over him and went to the next reporter uh, after him, they promised him that they would uh, explain what happened in an email. And when they, explained, when they sent their email, they basically said no comment. 
This is intentional, direct, public suppression and censorship of the press. It is a 100% free speech violation. It cannot be tolerated. There better be legal action being taken. We're going to talk to Jack about that at 1035. So three great guests today. We're going to have Christina Hagen, Jim Simpson, and Jack Windsor. And I certainly appreciate uh, all three of them. And I invite you to join them at 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. Now, before we get into the top news of the day, let's start our day as we always do with our Pledge of Allegiance. If you are a patriot, stand and face your flag. If you don't have a flag nearby, put your hand over your heart at the very least. If you are a leftist, we expect you to be on your knee. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice. Okay, now uh, we're going to start today with a little bit of a backup, not not really uh, going back, but follow up, I guess is a better way to say it on my conversation yesterday with President Trump as uh, we look forward to his arrival in Lorain County at the fairgrounds on Saturday for a 7 o'clock rally, a Save America rally. I had the president on yesterday previewing uh, that rally and talking about a host of things, not the least of which is the 2024 game plan. I have been asking you over the course of the last few days to tell me your thoughts. What do you want to see happen with respect to the 2024 Republican uh, nomination? Who do you want to be who do you want to see at the top of the ticket? And uh, you have been pretty doggone uh, down the middle, to be honest with you. You know, the vote has primarily because I kind of laid it out that way been between Ron DeSantis, who has just become a conservative rock star. Every move that he makes in Florida just makes conservatives cheer. He's he's using the Trump playbook, which is what makes it an interesting discussion. You know, Ron DeSantis is essentially going America first uh, in his state in every single way, whether it be from elections to COVID to um, uh, critical race theory to uh, the LGBTQ uh, protection of women to all of the different things that, you know, we are, are so very. In fact, he just signed an executive order this week requiring that all students in Florida, in public schools, learn about the dangers and the evils of communism, socialism, and Marxism. Because they're being taught in a, in a manner of speaking to, to, to think it's cool, as it stands now, that Marxism and socialism and communism, it's kind of cool. It's like that Che Guevara shirt. Wow, look how cool that guy is. And rather than, you know, the cool factor, as Jim Simpson will tell us, you know, this is this is a dangerous and deadly ideology. And our students should know it. So Ron DeSantis is striking every chord just about perfectly. And President Trump still is, you know, and should be, in my opinion, and it is, the the, the righteous president of the United States. Um, because he still enjoys enormous support. 75 million people voted for him that we know of. There were probably, and indeed were more, but they were flipped because of you know some of the shenanigans that took place. So the question is, is what do we do in 2024 or 2024? And I've been asking you to leave messages with your votes on DeSantis or Trump 
on day one when I started that uh, campaign, um, it was a pretty hefty DeSantis lead. Day two, it was a pretty hefty Trump lead. And so I asked the president this very question when I had him on live yesterday. I said, I said Mr. President, um, what are your thoughts and what are your plans on 2024? Because, well, a lot of people want to see you, and a lot of people want to see you running the show behind the scenes. What are your plans? And I want you to listen very carefully to what he had to say. Well, I'll tell you this. I think you're going to be very happy. Uh, I feel great. We have tremendous support in the polls. Uh, I've never had support like I have now. I've never had support like I have now. And in the Republican Party, when you get a 95 and a 96 approval rating, you know, it's great stuff. And... uh I guess a poll came out that they have me running against uh, our vice president, who's uh, going to the border finally after many, many months. <laughs> and they should have done that a long time ago. Should have been our first stop, not our last stop. And they have us way ahead. So I think you're going to be very, very happy. You know, for uh, purposes of campaign violations and everything, you're not allowed to say unless you're going to say. In other words, you have to say you're going to do it or you're not going to do it. And uh, it's uh, there's a big difference. So I will be announcing something, and uh, when I announce, you're going to be very happy. I really believe that. I'd love to hear that. So he does not sound like a man who is ready to become a kingmaker. He wants to sit on that throne again. You don't, you know, five months into the term of the next guy, you don't start looking at polls (laughs) for 2024 unless you are very serious about running again. And you heard him. He said in polls, hypothetical polls between him and Kamala Harris, because nobody thinks Joe, Joe Biden can survive into a second term, maybe literally. And I don't say that lightly. I say that very you know, seriously and sadly. But, uh, but you know, he, he's citing polls b- between himself and Kamala Harris and said he's doing very well. So he does not sound like he is done uh, running the country, or at least running to run the country again. Now, the question is, is can he get a fair shake? If he runs again, will the vote, voter integrity and the, the integrity of the electoral process itself be any, any better now than it was the last time around? And, you know, on November 3rd, when, quite frankly, you know, many of us believe it was, it was a straight-up sham. It was, a, it was a theft. It was a fraud. It was not a valid election. And President Trump, after having a few months to think about it, has not changed his mind. He agrees. It was a sham. It was every bit of that. They tried to push through this H.R. 1 and this S. 1, this uh, For the People Act, to federalize the voting to make sure that it would be easy to cheat. And all of the states that, you know, in which we had election irregularities on November 3rd and questions and, quite frankly, outright fraud, they're shoring up their election integrity, and the Dems call that voter suppression, Mr. President. Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, in Michigan, right near you, uh, they have a group of people, a lot of rhinos. And I heard they were investigating the election. And I thought, oh, that's great. That, isn't that great? That's great. They're going to. No, they, they want to suppress people from looking at the election. And you had one area where they had thousands of votes wrong. They went to Biden, so he won this super conservative area by thousands of votes, which was a big percentage, I think 70% or something like that. And then it ended up, no, they made a slight mistake. All of those thousands of votes actually should have gone to Trump. I believe that was after the election. They found it, and they said, oh, that was just a minor mistake. You know, these people, I'll tell you, 
the worst are the rhinos. And you're the head of your Senate in Michigan. I think these people have to be replaced. Michigan is just a disaster. Now, let's go to the good news. Georgia is becoming incredible what they're doing, what they're finding, the level of, of what they're finding. Arizona, you know, is under a forensic audit. Yes, sir. It's incredible. Pennsylvania is starting. Wisconsin is starting. The one place, Michigan, they want to suppress. They want to, they're trying to frighten people into finding out the real, the real thing. And, you know, when you win Ohio, I won Ohio by so much and probably won it by a lot more than people think anyway. But we won it tremendously. Uh, we won Michigan big. We won Michigan big. And they have to do a forensic audit. But your Senate, your Republican senators there, with the exception of some, but your Republican senators and the head of the Senate in Michigan, uh, people should look at them very carefully because I'm going to be. I guarantee you, if we don't get to the bottom of this, voting is what our country is all about. And having a free voting system and fair voting system. And this election was a sham. It was a rigged election. And it's a it's really a sad thing. You know, they use covid in order to rig the election. And the weak Republicans allow them to get away with it. It's a shame, actually. It is indeed, and he's right. It was a rigged election. It was a sham, and yes, um, they did use COVID to steal that election. There's no question about it. Still more reaction to some of the stuff we heard yesterday in my exclusive interview with President Trump. I want to follow up on, get your reaction off for some thoughts as well. Join me at 216-901-0945 or 888 Don't forget, Christina Hagen coming up at 935. So if you want to get a call in, do it now, right here on The Authority. Okay, it is 9.23. I want to continue with uh, some of the more eye-opening things that we got yesterday from my exclusive with President Trump. And I'm going to talk about one of the more disappointing ones. Um, I asked him about the Ohio governor's race. Mike DeWine is up for re-election. <clears throat> Jim Renacci is challenging him. So is Joe Blystone. I didn't mention Joe Blystone. I mentioned Jim Renacci because I think he's a legitimate candidate, and I think he's a very, very good candidate. So I asked him about this because uh, Mike DeWine has just been, you know, he's been more liberal than he has been conservative, quite frankly, in his handling of the pandemic and handling of Ohio's economy and handling of all of this. And I was disappointed to hear the president say that, um, you know, he still has a good relationship with Mike DeWine. Listen, I know you've, you know, you've said some nice things in the past about Governor Mike DeWine. Uh, I think here in Ohio, among conservatives, among in Trump country, we think Mike DeWine has governed more like Andrew Cuomo than Ron DeSantis. Uh, he is, yeah. you know, and we've got it. We've got a guy like Jim Renacci who has been with you from the beginning, by the way. In fact, he brought me as a guest to your very first State of the Union address, which I was honored to be at. And he's running for governor. Do you plan to issue an endorsement there? And do you have anything you'd like to say about Jim Renacci? Yeah, well, well, I like Jim. I was disappointed that he didn't do better in his last race, to be honest with you, right? That means something. Uh, and I like him. Uh, I don't know if he's, is he officially running? Has he yes, officially sir. He, announced? He made the announcement about two, two and a half weeks ago. Yes, sir. All right. So, uh, you know, I mean, I'd certainly look at Jim, but I've, I've had a good relationship with the governor. You know, I was, I think, instrumental in getting him in. He was two days before the election. He was seven points down and we held a rally 
and he ended up winning by seven points. That was a race that was going to be a very hard race to win. That was Elizabeth Warren's protege, if you remember. That's right. And we ended up, uh, we had a great rally in your incredible state. And uh, we, uh, and Mike DeWine won. And uh, so I'm going to, I'll be looking at it uh, very shortly. So, you know, this is one of the things about the president, about President Trump. He likes winning. He likes winning and he hates losing. And I feel like that's where he is on this. I don't think he's evaluating Mike DeWine's performance. I don't think he's evaluating Mike DeWine's conservatism or lack thereof. I think he's saying what I heard from him there is Mike DeWine won. I endorsed him and he won. And I endorsed Jim Renacci, and Jim Renacci didn't win. Talking about his race that he came into late, by the way, against Sherrod Brown, because he was going to run for governor then. And uh, Congressman Renacci, you know, gave up his uh, bid for the governor's office in order to uh, follow the governor, the president, and the White House's request to challenge Sherrod Brown because they wanted that Senate seat. So I think it's a matter of winning and losing, and that's where he is. But I'll tell you something that makes me a little bit optimistic. The fact that he didn't know Jim had officially, Renacci had officially um, entered this race, says to me that the president, uh, the, the former president, is looking at a lot of different things right now, but he hasn't looked very closely at Ohio. That's the reality. He didn't even know that, that uh, Jim Renacci was running yet, officially. And so I think once he looks a little bit more closely at Ohio, and once he looks a little bit more closely at what Mike DeWine has done, which he obviously hasn't, uh, his his complete destruction of the state's economy, his destruction of uh, the First Amendment, his destruction of all of our rights, um, he has, like I said, governed more like Andrew Cuomo or Gavin Newsom or Lori Lightfoot. Uh, she's a mayor, I know, not a governor, but or or uh, uh, you know Gretchen Whitmer than Ron DeSantis or Christy Noem or Greg Abbott. And that's a problem for me. But that's one thing he said, you know, and, and you can take it for what it's worth. But I don't think he has paid a lot of attention to Ohio. I think once he does, he will see the light and will turn away from Mike DeWine, who, by the way, will not be at the rally tomorrow night. He will not be there. Neither will John Husted. They're not going to be there to greet the president of the United, the former president of the United States and still the de facto leader of the party. Jim Renacci will be there. I know that. So, you know, take that for what it's worth, but that was one thing that I, I did not like. I did like the fact that he called the Democrats out for exactly what they are with respect to uh, the border. You know, he said, Kamala Harris, there's no way she would even be going to the border if he hadn't announced that he was going to head down there next week and show them up. Kamala Harris was put in charge of the border more than three months ago. She has never visited the border to see the problems firsthand. Now you make an announcement that you're going down next week to visit, and suddenly she's going to be in El Paso on Friday. Just a coincidence, right? Well, I actually told my people, I said, well, you know, one good thing is that uh, she's going to end up having to go there. And as soon as I announced, she went out and announced that she's going there. She wouldn't have been there. Maybe she would have never gone there. And I'm not sure. You know, people, the big question is, can they really like this? Okay. Can they really like this? Can they really want all of these people coming in? Prisons emptied. You know, you're talking about murderers and rapists and, and uh, drug dealers and everything coming in. You, you, can somebody really honestly like it? Because I don't believe they do. I think it's incompetence. I don't think it's that they want these people pouring in. And they cheat on the elections to a level that nobody's ever seen before. So they don't need the votes because they cheat. Right. So it's uh, the whole thing is just absolutely crazy. So, you know, he said, uh, you know, very directly, Kamala Harris would not be going down. And the fact that she is going down 
is in and of itself an embarrassment. Because did you see where she is going? There's a map, and I posted this uh, earlier this morning. There's a map of Texas that shows where El Paso is. And it's way up there, you know, uh, in the panhandle up uh, uh, near uh, New Mexico. But uh, it's it's way up there, and the border crisis is down in the McAllen and in the Del Rio area. There's lit- she's going to be literally be a thousand miles from where the border crisis is. She's going up to El Paso for a photo op and nothing more. There's she's they're not going to see anything. The last thing that they can afford to have happen is have uh, Kamala Harris down there, cameras rolling, and then have people crossing the border behind her, running and scurrying and fleeing and hiding and so on and so forth, which we have seen in countless camera angles down where the real problem is. She's a thousand miles from it. I heard somebody describe it this way. It's like going to Chicago to to uh, uh, study the murder capital, or the murder rate, rather, in Washington, D.C. They're a thousand miles apart. Or it would be like, you know, somebody else uh, framed it this way, going into a, uh, a, uh, um, a chicken, chicken restaurant in order to study mad cow disease. Why mad cow disease is steak? Why are you going into, into a chicken restaurant? There's no point. Exactly. She doesn't want to see what the real problem is. She doesn't want to see what's going on in the border where the, where the actual uh, uh, crossings are, are overwhelming our system. So she's going up to El Paso where it's relatively quiet. Everything will be staged and choreographed to the letter to make sure that she can then put this on CNN and MSNBC and the networks and in the Washington Post and in the New York Times and say, see, there's nothing to see here. I told you those right-wingers over on uh, Fox and on Salem Radio and, and all over the place, they're all just lying that there's nothing to see here. <laughs> it's embarrassing. We'll talk to uh, Christina Hagen after the news on AM 1420, The Answer. Progressive Democrats, please be aware you have now entered the place where political correctness goes to die. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 936, we continue now. Let's welcome Christina Hagen back to our program, the former Ohio State Representative. Christina, good morning. Good to have you. How are you this Friday? Always a pleasure. So, you know, I wanted to talk to you about Joe Biden's uh, press comments a couple of days ago about guns and about nuclear weapons, and I will. But um, since we had this from yesterday, I I just want to ask you, what you think is going on here? I mean, Creepy Joe was trending on Twitter yesterday because of his weird little whispering uh, to the press corps. Um, I think it's creepy, but I think it's also crazy, Uncle Joe. He's he's like that. He's he's the old you know family member that you kind of hope doesn't come out during the reunion and ruin the barbecue by being nutty. Um, I, I just think there's something off here. I'm going to play this. It's 25 seconds. And tell me what you think, Christina Hagen. I got them $1.9 trillion relief so far. They're going to be getting checks in the mail that are consequential. I wrote the bill on the environment. Pay them more. This is an employee's employees bargaining chip now he's 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 leaning over the podium he's got bug eyes 
Like, you know what I mean? Like the googly eyes, it's like really big bug eyes, and he's whispering to the press corps, I got 1.9 trillion. It reminded me of Batman. It reminded me of Batman. I'm, uh, you know, from when Christian Bale, it was just the most bizarre thing. I, 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 there's something off here. Am I wrong? No, no, Bob. So I, I kind of equate all of this to you think about a family and you've got the one creepy, weird, old family member that everybody's terrified of, that, who is absolutely unhinged, strange, bizarre. And like, you don't want to mirror your children because they're doing creepy stuff like this, like leaning over and whispering weird things about what they're doing for you. Uh, this guy is an absolute weirdo. And this is like not his first offense. This is just, you know, this is upholding what we already know to be a very strange um, and unrelatably bizarre personality style. And also, you know, he did this for us. He creepily did this for us. We should be praising him. It's like I think about the fact that you had uh, President Trump, who's such a sound, clear, and direct leader on your show yesterday, and just that presence of the family member who you can look up to, who encourages work ethic, who wants to raise up America and have strong families. And then we've got this weirdo, creepy president who's leaning in and whispering to us what he's done for us. It's just, it's almost too much. Like, it, it is terrifying and it's reality, but you have to laugh so you don't cry. Um, but I think just his unfittedness for office is so obvious in every pressor he holds that it should make every American cringe and really mortified for the reality of who's governing this country. Um, but when we look at that and then we look at what he said about law-abiding citizens in this country, I mean, the man is unfit for office. It's just yeah. pretty, pretty simple and straightforward. This is the first thing I heard in my own head when I saw and heard him leaning over and whispering with us. I mean, I, I, it's just exactly how it sounded. Now, it's let's talk so about creepy. something that sounded much, much more terrifying to me. This is what he said, I believe it was on Tuesday, or maybe it was Wednesday. Um, it's hard to keep them straight, the weird Biden press conferences. But he's talking about, he's talking about arming, uh, American citizens arming up. <clears throat> and he's talking about uh, what kinds of arms they're allowed to have if they want to fight back against a tyrannical government. And essentially, he says, you can arm up all you want, but I have nuclear weapons. Our government will nuke you if you try to match us arm for arm. Listen. All right, you can't listen. What happened there? I apologize. <laughs> Let me pop that back up for a second. Sorry about that. I've got so many different gadgets here. Here we go. The Second Amendment from the day it was passed limited the type of people who could own a gun and what type of weapon you could own. You couldn't buy a cannon. Those who say the blood of the the blood of patriots, you know, and all the stuff about how we're going to have to move against the government. Well, the tree of liberty is not water with the blood of patriots. What's happened is that there never been. If you wanted to think, you need to have weapons to take. What the hell is he talking about? First of all, oh I mean, the tree of liberty and the blood of patriots and moving against the government. It's a whole bunch of non sequiturs in one soundbite. And then here's how he never got been. It. If you wanted to think, you need to have weapons to take on the government. You need F-15s and maybe some nuclear weapons. The point is that there's always been 
the ability to limit, rationally limit, the type of weapon that can be owned and who can own it. Now, I have read the Second Amendment a number of times before and since he made those statements, and nowhere do I see in the Second Amendment anything that says you are limiting the, in the kind of arms that you may take up as a well-regulated militia against a tyrannical government. As a matter of fact, our, you know, the Revolutionary War heroes who actually did declare uh, uh, independence from the, the British crown had the same kind of weapons that the uh, that the, the uh, British regulars had. Uh, they had the same weapons because you need to be able to fight back. Joe Biden is saying if you have the same kind of guns we have, hey, we still have F-15s and nukes. Did he threaten to nuke the American people if they rise up against a tyrannical government? He is he is insane. He is unfit. Um, he's bumbling. We don't we don't. First of all, he's incoherent. It's hard to even understand what his thought process was yeah. when he decided to verbally assault law-abiding citizens in this country. And I mean, there historians should have had a heyday yesterday. These are lies that were easily disproven across the board. Multiple assumptions made. They were unfactual. Um, just as I. The fact that our founders, it cannot be more clear that they explicitly wanted an armed citizenry to keep potentially tyrannical governments in check. And then we have our president, the president of the United States, saying that your arms are insufficient. We will nuke you. I mean, this is it's crazy. And I'm thinking maybe the dozens of Democrats who wanted to take away the president's right to the nuclear football. Uh, maybe they were on to something, but everything they wanted us to believe about President Trump was actually true about their crazy, creepy leader, Joe Biden. I mean, I think about all of the claims that he was making and even just what they're saying about background checks. All of it are lies. Everything they say is based on lies. And the mainstream media refuses to check anything. Where are these freakish fact checkers that were on all of my social media 24-7? Fact check, fact check, fact check. Everything that I said or thought or repeated, oh, that's actually factually inaccurate or part of that is untrue or this or that. These people have all dissipated, ignore blatantly false uh, misrepresentations of the Second Amendment and are allowing them to ignore and perk our rights so that they can steamroll us. It's crazy. I mean, I think about the background checks alone and they're basing their their accusations of stopping crime off of the denials, but they fail to admit that nearly 94% of the denials are then later overturned because they weren't legitimate in the first place. So they're not stopping 300,000 crimes in America they're actually stopping 297,000 law-abiding citizens from getting their Second Amendment rights fulfilled immediately. And it's just, they will not stop. They're going to continue to assault our Second Amendment rights. They have zero integrity in anything that they say. Um, and citizens had zero regulation on what they could own. And the Second Amendment could not be more clear, yet they will do everything to destroy and take away our rights. One quick follow-up on that part of this, uh, Christina Hagan, is, you know, he says, uh, you know, if you ever think about taking on the government, you're going to need a lot bigger weapons than those, you know, and we don't allow you to He's have He's a crazy that. person. The, the, the odd part about this is this is the man, along with the rest of his party, that has been claiming that the January 6th trespassing on the Capitol was an armed insurrection and an attempt to overthrow the government. With no exactly. weapons whatsoever. 
There were no guns, there were no weapons, and they claimed that this was an insurrection and an attempt to overthrow the government. Now he's saying, you can't overthrow the government unless you have the kind of weapons we do. You need nukes and F-15s to try to do that. But yet he's got people being held for six months in uh, in isolation uh, while they look for new ways to try to lock all of these quote-unquote Trump supporters up for their insurrection. Not to mention these crazy Democrat leaders take away children's rights to even own squirt guns. I mean, they're they're nuts. Nothing is consistent. Everything is based on the moment or their feeling, and they will lie in any circumstance in every turn of the way. No question about it. Let's uh, pivot. Uh, I want to talk about President Trump and the interview that I did yesterday. There are a lot of different places to go here, but the one I want to focus with you on is his future. What's going to happen in 2024? I, I told him that a lot of people want him to run again. A lot of people want him to be the power behind the throne and find somebody who's America first and back him. And some people say, hey, you should go be the uh, uh, the Speaker of the House. This is what he said. Well, I'll tell you this. I think you're going to be very happy. Uh I feel great. We have tremendous support in the polls. I've never had support like I have now. I've never had support like I have now. And in the Republican Party, when you get a 95 and a 96 approval rating, you know, it's great stuff. And uh, I guess a poll came out that they have me running against uh, our vice president, who's uh, going to the border finally after many, many months. <laughs> and they should have done that a long time ago. Should have been her first stop, not her last stop. And they have us way ahead. So I think you're going to be very, very happy. You know, for uh, purposes of campaign violations and everything, you're not allowed to say unless you're going to say. In other words, you have to say you're going to do it or you're not going to do it. And uh, it's uh, there's a big difference. So I will be announcing something. And uh, when I announce, you're going to be very happy. I really believe I'd that. I'd love but. to hear that. This guy doesn't sound like a man who's ready to fade <laughs> off into the sunset, does it? No, no. And I, I love I love the interview. I love hearing his voice. I love knowing he's going to be in Ohio. It's good stuff. And I believe that we are going to say President Trump again. This country is going to prosper. This country is going to bounce back. We're going to get our heads on straight. And we're going to reelect the man who got us back on track once again, because the Democrats are exposing themselves for who they are with their radical Marxist agendas, their crazy communist manifesto that we're watching unfold in this country. They're in a complete insanity. And Trump got on, spoke clearly about the reality of the border. He spoke clearly about the voter fraud issues and everything else that's impeding our ability to do well in this country. Uh, I think we're going to see him back. I really do. I, he's not the kind of person to quit and sit on the sidelines. And DeSantis is the man, no doubt about it. Like, I think everyone loves him, wants to see him in the game. But we've got more of Trump left for helping this country. And I can't wait to see it. I got to tell you, I was newly, you know, reinvigorated, I think, uh, by, by that conversation yesterday. It fired me up. I can tell he is still as passionate as ever. And it's five months into his, his successor's term, and he's already looking at polling data between himself and potentially a run against Kamala Harris because nobody thinks Biden is going to be able to run again. Uh, so he's looking at that already, and I think that's, that's amazing. Uh, let me get local now, or at least statewide, uh, Christina Hagan, and this is in your wheelhouse. The Senate last night, it's my understanding, did a devastating thing to um, medical freedom in the state, particularly freedom of choice when it comes to vaccines. The House got SB 111 through uh, with a pretty good number. 
with an amendment added to ban vaccine mandates for anything that is not FDA approved. And that has to be actually approved, not just put through under emergency authorization. So this would cover at least the COVID-19 um, uh, uh, vaccine requirement or mandate, any mandate that may come. Um, but what happened is last night, and this is some, somebody that was that is in the know informed me of this, on the Senate side, led also by Republicans, they rolled all of the COVID-19 relief language from the bill into a different bill, then voted on that one and left out the vaccine amendment. So what I don't understand is, what is this party trying to accomplish in the General Assembly? The Republicans on the House side are trying to make sure that we don't have to be forced or we can make our own medical choices when it comes to this vaccine. And on the Senate side, they're saying, no, we don't want you to have vaccine freedom. We want, we don't want you to have, you know, medical freedom. Uh, you're going to do whatever your boss or your school, your university, whoever tells you to do. What's your takeaway here? My takeaway is there are always strong forces operating and the lobbying power is so significant that we will see things like we saw with a quick flip of events in the Senate, a re-rolling, rerouting of a bill and language to avoid language that actually was so wanted and so desired by Ohioans that we saw an amendment on the House floor during the budgetary session week, during the the midst of some of the most heightened discussions on the state's finances. I mean, they're talking about rolling out, what was it, 422 million dollars for quote-unquote COVID relief. Well, the relief we actually need is the tyranny from the government and employers trying to take away our personal autonomy and our rights to govern and make decisions about our own body. And it's crazy because we hear Republicans on the House floor talking about uh, individuals' ability to make good decisions about their personal autonomy, own medical health between themselves, their families, and their doctors. That sounds familiar, right? And then Democrats standing up on the House floor and saying, no, 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 this is dangerous that people can make individual decisions about their personal health and autonomy. So I want to just first stop for a moment, press pause, and really applaud my brothers and sisters in the Ohio House of Representatives. 68 people still took a vote for that COVID relief Knowing that this contentious piece was inside of it as an amendment, I want to applaud uh, Rep. Ferguson and also um, Representative Gross for the work that she had initially done through several hearings in the House. This is a movement that is worth applauding. Um, what we need to do now is support our senators by applying equal pressure that they know and understand that our rights are being infringed, um, that this cannot be because of emergency use that individuals are being forced against their will to take a vaccine or a shot that they do not agree with or have concerns about their health future with. It's upsetting, but it's the process, and we're going to have to keep fighting. The good news is our voice is finally rising to the top, and we're being heard. Yeah, we're being heard, but we're being ignored by our own Republican leadership in the Senate, and that is what's just the most frustrating thing of all. And by the way, they're all billing this as an anti-vaccination legislation or anti-vaccination. They always do. It is absolutely not an anti-vaccination. It's pro-medical freedom. Exactly. Pro-medical freedom. Get a vaccine if you want to get a vaccine, but don't force people to get a vaccine in order to go to college or go to school or to show up on the job or any of those kinds of things. There should not be discriminatory efforts toward anyone based off of their medical reasoning and decision. That is the best way to phrase it. That's why we have you on. Terrifically stated. Christina Hagan, thank you so much for coming on this week. We'll talk to you again next. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. uh, 9.53 now. We'll be right back.
Okay, 9.56. Let's squeeze a call or two in here before the top of the hour, and we have uh, guests, like I said, coming up all day long. Uh, at the top of the hour, Jim Simpson will be joining us to talk about his latest book, and we're going to give you an education, a brief one, on Karl Marx, the history of Marxism, and how it impacts this country right now today. So that's coming up, but right now let's get to Bruce in Medina. Uh, Bruce, you're on AM 1420. The answer, go right ahead. Hey, Bob, thanks a lot for taking the phone call. First thing sure. I wanted to mention, I'm, I'm filling in for Lisa Woods today. She uh, couldn't call in right now. Uh, the McFan meeting will take place tomorrow uh, at 8.30 to 10. It's going to be located at the Thirsty Cowboy at uh, 2743 Medina Road in Medina. Also wanted to mention that uh, 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 Kill and Kilgore and Lisa all testified uh, on Wednesday on HB 2327, uh, and that, that of course, is the bill that uh, is uh, prohibits uh, uh, teaching of advocate or advocating, promoting any kind of divisive comments, and uh, Diane Grindel is one of our real superstars there. So all the, a lot of the problems we're in today are, are, of course, because of a poor education system. I also just want to make a, a couple of quick comments you mentioned something about firearms earlier, and a lot of people don't realize that in some cases our revolutionaries had better firearms than the British. So when they talk about an armed militia, maybe we should have as good of firearms as our military. There's also about 2 million violent crimes stopped each year just with the presence of firearms, not even shooting anybody, and many people don't realize that. So I thank you much for putting me on. Well, I'm glad you brought it up. Thank you so much for the call, uh, um, Bruce. Um, so tomorrow, uh, Medina County Friends and Neighbors meeting, as he said, 8.30 at the Thirsty Cowboy in Medina. That's a great lineup of people there, and uh, and that's, I always recommend that. To your point about the guns, that that what my takeaway was, as I brought up to Christina Higgins, is he is threatening law-abiding, constitutionally protected citizens who may arm themselves with firearms that are, that are as good or as, as effective as, that, as those held by our military, as a part of a militia, which is what the Second Amendment states. And anybody can form a militia. He is saying that if American citizens arm themselves with weapons as strong or as effective as those held by the military, that they will then use Nuclear weapons. F-15s, he said, and nuclear weapons to put down any uprising from a people that are, that are fighting back against their tyranny. I, I just want you to ponder that. Joe Biden just made an argument against the American Revolution. You understand that? He argued that the revolutionaries, the American heroes who enabled this country to be founded, should not have been able to fight back against the king's armies with the same type of weaponry or better than the king's army had. That the king of England should have had way stronger weaponry and be able to use it against those who rose up and cast off that tyrannical British crown. I hope people understand that. 
The President of the United States, Joe Biden, literally just made an argument against the American Revolution. An argument in favor of the British Empire. I want you to ponder that. It's 10.01. We'll get the news now. Jim Simpson may have some thoughts about that. I promise you he will, in fact. Jim Simpson is the author of Who Was Karl Marx? The Men, the Motives, and the Menace Behind Today's Rampaging American Left. That's coming up.